Amen. Amen. What a powerful world. Amen. Hallelujah. The battle's not ours. The battle's the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory. We'll find him when we seek him with all of our heart. Amen. Glory, glory, glory. What a God we serve. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, glory. Uh, I just have uh, uh, one more announcement this morning. Uh, don't forget to uh, pray for the Butler family as well. Sister Ruth Butler went to be with the Lord, and her service uh, for her is going to be on Tuesday at Hopewell at 11 o'clock. And so they'll be receiving friends at 10. So, amen. I'll go ahead and dismiss our children at this time. Praise the Lord. Thank God for our children. And if you would, turn with me to the book of Judges, chapter 6. <clears throat> Amen. The book of Judges, chapter 6, we're going to look at uh, beginning in verses 11 through verse 24 this morning. Amen. Amen. And it says, And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak which was in Ephrah that pertained unto Joash the Abiezrite. And his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all of this befallen us? And where be all of his miracles which our fathers told us of? Saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? And now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Verse 14 says, And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might. And thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? And he said unto them, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. Father, we love you this morning. Father, we thank you for your word today. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your presence this morning. And God, we just ask your anointing, Lord, upon this word, this message today, that you would speak to hearts today and accomplish that which you desire. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. So the word of the Lord came to Midian, but it sure didn't feel like he was experiencing victory as he looked at the plight that they were in. They were under the hand of the Midianites. 
But I want us to look this morning at Gideon. Gideon was called of God to be a judge over Israel. And under his rule, Israel enjoyed 40 years of peace. But as we look at Gideon, we can find uh, two different contrasts. Because on one hand, he was a man, if you read on about Gideon, you see that God raised him up and he was indeed a mighty man of valor and he had an army of 300 men that sounds like a small army but how many of you know when God is empowering you you can be victorious amen and so God used him mightily but on the other hand Gideon was filled with doubts and fears and questions He was a man who questions God's plan, but yet he still walked and he did the will of God. So uh, Gideon, he was called to be a judge during a time of intense trouble with Israel. The nation was suffering under the grip of the Midianites because of their sin. God had once again removed his hand of protection off of them and he allowed them for seven years to be under uh, uh, just a, a terrible uh, situation under the hand of the Midianites. It was a great oppression. They watched helplessly as their land was stripped. Their homes and their villages were destroyed, and their lives were endangered. It was a terrible time. Their condition is summed up in verse 6. If we would go back and read that, it says that they were impoverished. And that word literally means that they were at the end of their rope. I mean, have you ever felt that way? Maybe you've been at, at, at that place before where you felt like you were just at the end of your rope. But this is how the people of Israel felt. And though their nation was, they, they, they felt as though their, their nation was destroyed and their lives were over. They watched uh, helplessly. Israel's main problem was that they turned their back on God. And you know, Israel, God dealt with Israel uh, uh, under a covenant. But how many of you know that God deals with us individually? Amen? But they had counted God out. They had cried out to Him, but I don't think it was heartfelt. Uh, I don't believe that they believed that he was listening or that he was able to do anything, but God had a message for them, verses 7 through 10. God had sent them a prophet to remind them of the Lord's grace in their lives and to call them to a place of repentance. Uh, he had delivered them. He reminded them. He said, had I not delivered you from Egypt, delivered you from the stronghold of sin, and yet they turned their back again. You know, and it, 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 you can look back at the history of Israel. This was their pattern, that God would bless them, they would turn to idols, and he would take his hand off of them and, and allow the enemy to oppress them. But God had a message. Not only does God have a message, but he always has a man as, as well. Amen. The passage before us will meet the man of God uh, the man that God chose to save Israel uh, <clears throat> will meet a man called Gideon. His name means he who cuts down. 
And Gideon doesn't really look like he has much to offer at the time that he was called, but in the end, he'd be responsible for cutting down all of the enemies of God's people. Amen. The battle's not ours, but the battle is the Lord's. Amen. The battle is the Lord's. So let's take time this morning. Let's look at Gideon, this man that God chose. I, you know, we might see a little bit of ourselves as we look at Gideon, somebody that uh, at first he, he wasn't sure of himself and didn't think that he was qualified. I think a lot of times when God calls or is moving in someone's life, we feel the same way. But let's look at Gideon's circumstances. Remember, the angel of the Lord in verse 11 appeared to Gideon as he was threshing wheat in the wine press. Now, normally this is something that occurs on a bigger scale they would get on the top of maybe a mountain or a hillside and they had a large area that was that was made just for threshing that wheat and they would use their oxen and they would use big cylinders that they would pull over the wheat and and they would break up that shaft off of that wheat and they would take their winnowing fan and they would winnow and they would uh, the the chaff would blow away and the the, the wheat would remain but, but this isn't what was happening. It says that Gideon was hiding behind the wine press. He was in a small place, and he was probably working with a small amount of wheat because everything that they had had been taken from the Midianites. So it was a time of poverty. They had little to eat. They were oppressed. They were fearing for their lives. They, they, they were driven into the hills where they were uh, staying in caves and different things. So it was a time, not only a time of great poverty, but it was also a time of persecution. They had been forced to go to the cleft of the mountains, into the caves, the strongholds where they planted their crops. And Gideon was hiding it was also a time of powerlessness. If you can imagine a situation like that where you would feel helpless and powerless against the armies of the Midianites. And the fact that he's hiding, he's just as defeated and frightened as the rest of the nation around him. Oh, that we could learn from Israel this morning. Verse 1, if we go back to verse 1, it reads that the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And so for seven years, the Lord gave them into the hands of the Midianites. How many of you know that God still chastens those he loves? Amen. He still disciplines those. He still chastens those. Aren't you glad? Amen. Well, that shows that God's at work in our hearts and in our lives and that he loves us. So sometimes we bring things on ourselves. Amen. Sometimes we bring things on ourselves. And Israel had once again they done evil. And oftentimes they would turn to idols. But uh, we we too we allow things to come between us and God. So I just want to encourage you today like Israel, uh, we're living in difficult times even ourselves. Challenging times in our in our nation and throughout the world. Uh, we can see a lot of things going on, a lot of unrest. 
there's uh, even days of economic uncertainty or strain right now as, as we are dealing with inflation and different things in our life. The church throughout the world is facing greater persecution than ever before. Even here in America, we're facing a, a little taste of persecution where they would like to censor everything that we say and everything that we put out. It's evil that is trying to oppress us and take away those freedoms. So we're living in days when the government, when the society in general are, are, are growing increasingly hostile towards uh, things of the Lord. Amen. We're living in days when it seems that there's uh, oftentimes it seems like little spiritual power among God's people. But if there's ever a time for the church to rise up, how many of you know that it's now? Amen? Amen. We had a great victory this week, I believe, for, for life. Amen? Amen. Amen. We give God praise. So God was dealing with Israel in the nation. And this was Gideon's circumstances that he was in. Let's look now at Gideon's commission. While Gideon was hiding from the enemy, the Lord knew exactly where Gideon was. Amen? He had his number. <laughs> Amen? He knew where he was. Even though he was hiding, the angel of the, the Bible says that the angel of the Lord appeared to him. And this was no ordinary angel. Verse 13, it said that the angel is called Lord. And so we know that, uh, that this is the Lord himself that appears. And when he speaks to him, he comes with words of hope and words of assurance. But Gideon, in his situation, he couldn't see how... Uh, this could be. How could this be? We're, we're, we're under such oppression and the enemy has driven us from our homes and, and, and we're scratching for, for food. But God came with a promise, didn't he? And what did he tell him? He said, the Lord is with thee. Hmm. Isn't that a great promise of the Lord? That no matter what we're faced with and what we're going through, what our situation might be, it, it, it may not look great. The outcome may not look great. But let me tell you, the Lord is with us. He said that he would never leave us or forsake us. Amen? What a great word to us this morning. The Midianites didn't know where Gideon was hiding, but the Lord did. And I want to tell you this morning, God knows where you're at. He knows your situation. He knows your circumstances. And, and if there's a call of God on your life, I can tell you now that you can't hide from him. Hey Amen. He will pursue you. He will chase you down. He will. Amen. But the Lord knew where he was. Even when Gideon was unaware, God was with him. He was watching over him. He was planning for his future. And God works the same way in our lives. He's, he doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. He's always at work in our situation. He's always at work in our lives and our circumstances. How many of you know that God is faithful? Amen. He's always watching over his children. The Lord's with us. 
That truth should comfort our hearts this morning, that he never leaves us. He never forsakes us, that no matter what we're going through or faced with, Jesus said, lo, he said, I'm with you always, even unto the ends of the earth. We can have this confidence. So when the Lord says the Lord is with thee, it literally means, if you look at that, it means that his power is on you. You see, Gideon couldn't see it, he couldn't sense it, and he sure couldn't, uh, uh, it, he, he, it sure didn't look like it. So that's why we don't look at our circumstances, but we stand on the Word of God and His promises and what we know to be true. Amen? A lot of times the enemy will paint the picture, but God. Amen? Because when we look at things from God's perception, then the Lord said something that's truly amazing. He looked at Gideon and he called him a mighty man of valor. Now, here's a man that was hiding. He was fearing for his life, for his family. He was hiding what little bit of food he, that he had. He was hiding behind the wine press. He was full of fear. But the Lord saw something in Gideon. He saw, he saw what he would be when he got through with him. And God sees the same thing in you this morning. God intended to take him and to use him in a great way. And the phrase that the Lord used literally refers to a man who is charging right into the face of the enemy. That's what the, a mighty man of valor means. Did you know that the Lord knows you? He knows what's in you. He knows you better than you know yourself. And if you've ever done anything for the Lord, I don't know about you, but if you've ever done anything for the Lord, we never feel adequate. We never feel uh, equipped. But I want to tell you this morning that God equips those He calls, that He's working in your life, that, 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 that in our weakness, amen, His strength is perfected. We don't go in our strength but we go in his strength. The battle is the Lord's this morning. The Lord knows you. Psalms 139, 1 through 10 says, O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my downsitting and my uprising. Thou understands my thoughts afar off. Thou compasseth my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all of my ways. He knows you better than you know yourself. So God doesn't make mistakes when he calls somebody. Uh, he may be speaking to somebody's heart this morning about stepping out for him in some area of your life. God doesn't make mistakes. Sometimes we may look at our own life and we may see mistakes. We may see failures. We may see problems. Uh, we may see somebody who always fails to live up to God's high calling in our lives. Somebody that always comes up short. But what does God see? Amen? Amen. God specializes in taking vessels and making them and molding them and shaking them, equipping them and, and making them into something that he can use. Amen. When I think about when I think about 
people that God's used, uh, we understand that none of us are worthy. None of us are able. None of us are capable. But God, you know, when remember when Samuel went to to, uh, Jesse's house to anoint King David. Remember he went and he told he told Jesse, he said, I want you to get all of your sons and I want you to bring them all in. So he went and got them. He brought them all in the house. And he looked over them and the Lord said, no, none of them. And the, the Bible described them. They were nice looking men, some of them tall and big, strong men, but no, no. And he said, is this, is this everybody? He said, well, I've got, you know, David, my, my youngest son. He's a little shepherd boy out bring him in here God said that's him that's the one he said that's the one how many of you know that God uh, he looks at the heart man looks on the outer appearance but it's God that looks at the heart amen so when he chooses you amen understand God don't make mistakes you see uh, Jesse when he looked at David he just saw a mere boy But when God saw him, he saw a king. He saw him, the finished product, after he had worked in his heart and worked in his life. After he had slayed giants, he saw a king. Amen. God's at work in your heart today. He's working in our lives today. He sees our future. God's not bound by time. He sees the beginning to the end. So let me tell you this morning, you might not feel like you're walking in victory right now, but if you'll continue to put your faith and your trust in the Lord to fight your battles this morning, He'll bring you through. He'll raise you up, and you'll be a mighty man and woman of valor for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. And so it was with Gideon's family. When they looked at him, they saw a weakling. When they looked at him, they saw a man that was fearful and hiding. But when God saw him, he said, I see a great man of valor. The Lord looks at the heart. God saw a warrior when he looked at him how many of you know that when we look at those throughout the bible god chose ordinary people to do extraordinary things amen he didn't it was about not not many noble or called not many mighty not no amen he uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise but god looks at the heart He looks at the heart. He's able to take us like we are, and he's able to transform us into something powerful and amazing by his power. You know, I was thinking this morning, uh, you you may be uh, like me 26 years ago. That's when I got saved. And I was thinking about that time. You know, we need to to remember where God's brought us from. We need to remember where he's brought us from. And I looked back and I said, wow, look what God has done 26 years ago. But when he found me, I was far 
from even being a Christian. I was far from it. I was oppressed. I was depressed. I was 32 years old. I had many vices in my life. I was bound by sin and those vices. And I was looking for answers. But you know, I, I, I always knew that my answer was God. That I needed to line up with the Word of God. I needed to surrender to His will. But somebody, let me tell you, I didn't think that I was, was, could, could live that life. And I was right. I can't live that life in my own strength. And that's what I thought that it was going to take. I thought that I had to toe the line and walk away and, and do it. But I'm going to tell you something. I, we're not here. It's by God's grace and his, his power that keeps us. Amen. It's through His power, His Holy Spirit, that He works in us and through us. And that's why I'm here 26 years later still serving God. Then when I got saved, they said, it's not going to last. He said, I give Him one month, and He'll be right back out there again drinking. And 26 years later, God's good. Amen? Well, I, I want to share that because somebody there out there, you might be thinking that uh, with, within yourself, you, you, you're not worthy. But I want to tell you, there's nothing that you've done. There's nothing that you've done that God won't forgive you. Amen. His grace, His grace, His love for you. He died for you. Hallelujah. Sent His Son to die for you this morning. And He wants to set somebody free. Amen. You know, we, there's others throughout the Bible that God used. I was just thinking of a couple uh, when I think about the Apostle Paul. Right here he was, Saul of Tarsus. He was a, a murderer. He was out killing, having Christians killed and was supporting it. But yet God met him on that road to Damascus and changed him changed his name, gave him a heart for God, and he began to do great and mighty things for God as he shared on his missionary journeys. And then there's Peter. You know, a lot of people can relate to Peter. Peter denied the Lord, denied him, but he went on to be a great man of God. Amen? So not only we looked at Gideon's circumstances, we looked at his commission but I want to look at Gideon's confusion because as we read in verses 13 to 16, when Gideon heard the words of the Lord, he was amazed by what he heard. He can't see how the Lord can possibly be talking to him. So he reacted to what the Lord said by a question, questioning him. Gideon wanted to know where the proof of, uh, of his presence was. If God really was with his people, then shouldn't they be experiencing victory? Because his circumstances didn't look anything like what the Lord was explaining to him. He questions God's presence, and he questioned God's performance. Gideon wanted to know where all the miracles had gone. It had been 250 years since God had opened up the seas, the Red Sea, and delivered Israel from Egypt. It had been 200 years since the Jordan parted and Israel crossed over into 
the Jordan on dry ground into the promised land. All he sees is death and destruction and oppression and starvation and fear. He questioned God's perception. When the Lord hears Gideon's question, he responded by telling him that he will indeed save Israel and God had sent him and that that he was going to be successful. He tells the Lord that it can't be right. He tells the Lord that he can't be a deliverer. He started doing like Moses, right? He started coming up with excuses. Remember Moses, he said, well, 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 I don't speak well. I have a speech impediment. I can't, I can't. And so many times we come up with excuses of why I can't. You know, I'm thinking about some of the people today that are serving God. I saw a man, it just came to my mind, a man that didn't have any arms or legs that was preaching the gospel. Amen. So, whoo, whoo, glory. If God calls you to it, he'll empower you. He'll bring you through it. He'll use you mightily. But Gideon, he, he was questioning. He was questioning. He had excuses. He said, nobody is going to follow me. How am I going to be a leader? Nobody will follow I'm the least in my father's house. He started realizing the situation that he was in, that, uh, that nobody respected him. But how many of you know that when God calls you and God anoints you, that God will use you, people will follow you? It may be that Gideon, Gideon was an outcast. Maybe. Maybe his family uh, uh, had... Maybe he was an outcast, but a lot of us are just like Gideon. We know the Lord wants to wants us to serve him. We might even understand that he wants to use us. But maybe we have reservation. Maybe we're we're we're, we're fearful. Maybe we're fearful about what God might call us to do. But I want to tell you something. Whatever God calls you to do, until you do it. You will not find peace. You will not find joy. You will not find happiness. You will not find completion. You will not, uh-uh, not going to happen until you surrender your will. That's where you're going to experience God's peace, His joy. God may call you to Siberia. That's a cold place I hear. I'd be cold. But if He called me there, I'd be in God's peace and His presence and His joy. Amen? Hallelujah. We do the same things. We question. We make excuses. We need to learn that God doesn't make mistakes. Gideon wasn't there yet. He made excuses for why he couldn't do what God had called him to do. But God specializes again. He specializes in those who who can't. In using those who can't to accomplish His work. Amen. There's a 
evidence, more evidence in the Bible of those that God used. He used Abraham, who was a pagan from Ur, Chaldeans, to be the father of the faithful. Amen? He, he, he used Jacob, who was a liar, to be the father of a nation of Israel. He used Joseph, a slave, to save the world. He used Moses, a shepherd and a murderer, to deliver his people. He used an unnamed servant girl to tell Naaman about God. He used Esther. He used Matthew, a tax collector. He used Saul. God used all of these people and countless others down through the years because they made themselves available. It wasn't because of their abilities. It wasn't because of their gifts. It wasn't because of their status their jobs, their bank account. It was because God saw their heart. And he said, that's somebody I can use. So as we, the last thing I want to look at is Gideon's confirmation. In verse 16, the Lord can reaffirms his call of Gideon. He tells Gideon that he'll be able to destroy the Midianites even if they were just a single man. Even if he were just a single man. The other, in other words, the Lord is going to use Gideon in a powerful and a wonderful, amazing way. All he has to do is go with God. That's all he has to do is to go with him. Thank God we serve a patient God. Amen? That He deals with His children. That He's long-suffering. Amen? He was confirmed by a presentation, verses 18 through 21. Gideon wanted to make, if we, we're not going to take the time to read it, but I'll just paraphrase for you. So Gideon wanted to make an offering to the Lord. And he wanted to uh, confirm that the Lord uh, uh, had spoke to him, was going to use him. So the Bible tells us that Gideon went and he gathered together uh, some material to build these, to make these cakes, some flour, a pot of broth, prepares a goat. And then he puts together this sacrificial offering and he brings it to the Lord. And it's amazing to see the trans transformation. When the angel of the Lord found him, he was hiding. He was trying to protect what little bit he had. But now here he is, he's willing to make an offering and present it to the Lord. But he, he goes and he makes this these cakes and he brings this offering to the Lord. And when he presents it, uh, he was instructed to place it on the rock. And so he did. And when he did, the Lord touches the offering with the end of his staff. And when he did, fire rose out of the rock and consumed the sacrifice. Amen. So many times I think we want an angel appearance, don't we, when God calls us to step out and move something. And do something for him. But we don't always get that. Sometimes it's just a little nudge. Sometimes it's just a little tugging on the heart. A little breaking. And say, yes, Lord, I'll do it. Gideon presented his offering. And in receiving the sacrifice as he did, the Lord was teaching Gideon that everything was going to be all right. 
The Lord used a staff to work this miracle. The staff was an instrument used by a shepherd, used to comfort, control, protect, and lead. And the Lord was telling him that it's going to be okay, comforting. And this was also a sign that the Lord had accepted Gideon. It called him, commissioned him, commissioned him and accepted his sacrifice. So all it takes, if you want to be used of the Lord, is just to present yourself to Him. Present yourself to Him. It's just that simple. You know, so many today don't know the Lord because they want to hold on to their sin. They want to hold on to their will thinking that they're going to be to accomplish and be able to find that happiness and contentment. But I can tell you that until they surrender to Jesus Christ, surrender their will, they'll never experience a true joy and a true peace. And will never experience the fullness of that joy and peace until we surrender our will and we walk in obedience to whatever it is the Lord's calling us to. He was confirmed by a promise. Gideon found peace in submission and worship to the Lord. And when he submitted to the Lord's will, he fell before the Lord and he worshipped him. He created an altar there and he worshipped God. That still works today. You know, if people want to continue to have turmoil and unrest in their souls and walk a different path than the one that God's planned. You can do that. But if you want the true peace of God, surrender to Him. Surrender your life to the will of God. Until you do that, you're never going to know that true peace. Amen? Amen. So as I, as I close this morning before we go to our water baptism. So looking from the outside, it didn't look like Gideon would amount to much for the work of the Lord, did it? He was fearful. He was timid. He was filled with self-doubt. He had more questions than he had answers. But Gideon was being brought to a place of service. I want to ask you this morning, what about you? Are you doing what the Lord wants you to do? Have you found that place of service? God has a great plan for your life. A great plan. It's a plan greater than one you could ever imagine. And maybe God's not necessarily calling you into ministry, but God may be calling you to be a light. Calling you to be a light in your workplace, in your family. Stepping out and serving God. God, God's will for our life is not something that's hidden. He wants you, if you're truly seeking God, listen, if you're truly seeking the Lord and you're seeking His will, He's not going to hide it from you. So... This morning, as we close, uh, 
in prayer. We just want to open up the altars. Open up the altars, and if you want to come, and maybe like Gideon, maybe you want to open up uh, and, and open your heart this morning. Maybe you want to uh, bring a, a fresh sacrifice to the Lord. Maybe you've been struggling with what God's been moving on your heart to do. Maybe you're fearful. Maybe, um, maybe you're like the Israelites. Maybe you've allowed things to get in the way and hinder. Uh, maybe there's sin that you need to confess before the Lord. And we just want to take a moment and just open up the altar and allow the Holy Spirit respond to him today. He's here. He loves you. He's got a great plan for your life. He wants to use you this morning. He's just looking for a yielded vessel. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He's just looking for a willing vessel. Hallelujah. So as we pray our final prayer,